0: Hey guys, it's me, Hayao Miyazaki. I'm here to pitch you my new movie called *Arietti*, The Secret World Of.
1: Oh great, I'm glad you made it to the meeting, but uh, you sound a little different than you did on the phone.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. This is the voice I have always had. <laughs> and it is beautiful. Thank you for coming. You're and- welcome. It's me, iconic legendary director of anime films, Hayao Miyazaki incredible
1: so give us your elevator pitch
0: okay so there's these little guys right they live inside of a house
1: all right so you're talking about little people
0: well very small people i should say
1: i'm not following
0: the people they're like people right okay but instead of like people like you and me they are very small
1: so are they like smaller than a bread box
0: oftentimes yes
1: okay
2: okay And just to get an idea of what we're talking about here, are they, like, smaller than a cat? Oh, yeah, usually.
1: So they live in a tiny house, then?
0: Well, they live inside of a house, but, like, inside of the house. Like, within the walls. But, like, they've built a little house inside of the house.
1: Right.
2: I see, like, a small house. Yeah, that's right. About the size of a mouse. Uh, Occasionally, yes.
1: But why would they need a little house the size of a mouse in another house?
0: Well, see, this is where they go about their business of living their lives.
2: Great, great. And as they're going around, are we going to see things that give us an idea of just how small they are? Oftentimes that will be the case, yes.
1: Well, so, like, what's the benefit of them living in the bigger house... Does it offer them protection?
0: It does, yes. It also gives them the opportunity to steal things. I'm sorry. It gives them the opportunity to borrow the things that they need from the human-sized humans who live inside of the house.
1: Oh, so there's humans in this setting. There are, yes. I see. So do they repay the humans for the things that they take?
0: Not in any conceivable way.
1: So why are they called borrowers?
0: Because they are borrowing things from the humans. <laughs> so they bring it back? Never, no. Huh. You know, like when you borrow your neighbor's car for a few years without asking or telling your neighbor? And, I then, think, you, and, I think he, and then your neighbor reports his car stolen? And then you deny ever knowing that your neighbor owned a
2: car in the first place? That makes sense, critically acclaimed director Hayao Miyazaki. Thank you. you. So if I'm understanding this correctly, you're pitching a movie about mischievous little guys up to no good. No, no, they are quite good. They are wonderful people.
1: Mm. Okay, Uh, perfect. No notes.
0: Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire. The podcast will return low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Malkal. My pronouns are he and him, and I am here with my pint-sized co-hosts.
1: It tells you something. <laughs> How out of it I am when I have to keep reminding myself what movie we're talking about.
0: <laughs> Dude, I there is something going on. I know. There is like a brain fog we're in like post post pandemic fucking like middle of the pandemic about to hit another wave madness maybe we're all sick with something and we're all gonna
2: be dead in the next week i don't know
1: we'll just live every day to the fullest then
2: or to the least brought to you by our sponsor the icky sticky invading our brains
1: Mm. (laughs) uh well i'm cassidy I go by they, them pronouns, them, there
2: Them, their pronouns.
1: They, them. And (laughs) I'm an earworm. Ew. Wiggling my way into your soul. Not what you thought I was going to say.
2: The ear of my soul? Yeah. How horrible. I don't like this at all. (laughs) Dubious little creature up to mischief.
1: Up to no good.
2: No good at all. (laughs) How do I go
1: from a corporeal form to an incorporeal form? Wouldn't you like to know?
2: Would you like to know more? <laughs> no.
1: Well, don't ask, because I can't say. <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't think of it yet. You're just, how would you know?
2: You're just a worm. Yeah. Worms, Jack. You're eating worms. Thank whoa, you, Jack. Whoa. You don't ask a worm why or how they worm. That is true.
1: Couldn't say. Just a worm.
2: Love it. And I respect it. Mm-hmm. But who am I? Who are yeah, you? Yeah, who
1: are you? I am i couldn't say, because I'm just a worm.
2: Oh, that makes <laughs> sense. But you can ask.
1: Oh, oh, good.
2: You're a curious worm, a bookworm, maybe.
1: Yeah, I am. Ooh. I already said I'm an earworm, so.
2: Joke's ruined. <laughs> Start over the podcast. Let's redo the intro bit. From an ear, you can hear the humans' audiobooks. Oh. No, we don't do those ads anymore. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Ah.
0: (laughs) Never fucking made of the scent anyway.
2: No. Nope, nope. (laughs) And we had to pay with our morals. (laughs) But hey, might as well go support us on Patreon. (laughs) Hell yeah.
1: We're going to plug that a few times throughout the show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is going (laughs) to- Plug some holes. The, like, spirit animal of this episode is, like, air horn noises.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all just a little delirious, so this is going to be interesting. A
2: little delirious. Hell yeah. yeah. So you who are, are you? trying
1: to introduce yourself when you kept interrupting you.
2: That's right. I'm Jack Olander. I'll, uh, you know, I like to borrow any and all pronouns.
1: You're hogging mm-hmm. them all for yourself.
2: Full hog. <laughs> <laughs> self! That's right. Wow. And I'm- I didn't know you could do that legally. Yeah, I'm a little borrower that survived the greatest battles of our wars. There were wars with the borrowers? Uh, of course. That's why our numbers are so few.
1: Oh, shit.
2: Fuck, that explains a lot.
1: That's dark.
2: Yes. Borrow <laughs> the, the launch codes. Oh, shit! <laughs> well, guys, today we
0: are going to be talking about the Studio Ghibli film- the Secret World of Arieti, or also maybe just Arieti, or possibly also The, the Borrowers. Borrowers. Uh, this is, of course, a film that was adapted from the Mary Norton novel, The Borrowers, by acclaimed director Hayao Miyazaki, but Miyazaki did not direct this film. No, no, no. Hiramasa Yonabayashi directed this movie.
1: Nice. Great. The animation was awesome, but I guess we'll talk more about that later.
0: But of course, as a Studio Ghibli film, yes. I mean, the animation's great, and uh, we've got a great voice cast of Will Arnett and Amy Poehler, I think back when they were still married. And then some kids, you know, just like child (laughs) voice actors. (laughs) You know, it's funny. This movie actually has an American version and a British version with different cast, and I'm way more familiar with everybody on the british cast because like tom holland plays the boy
1: i guess it's oh. just different enough our dialects that they were worried that we wouldn't understand either or the other <laughs>
0: that's gotta be it but we watched the american version so that's not what we're gonna be talking about yep but before we do i think cassidy has a little summary ready to go
1: just a, a little tidbit a
2: very tiny bite-sized summary
0: that's Don't right.
2: bite these little guys
0: They're about the size of a gummy bear, or maybe an action figure, like a G.I. Joe, or like a Power Rangers action figure, you know, At times, which is, of course, larger than a G.I. Joe. Right. At
2: times, all these things are true. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They are, of course, fully sentient beings who, despite the fact that their brains are quite literally micro size, like pea size, A single molecule. <laughs> yeah. Have the intelligence and emotional depth of a full-sized human with a human-sized brain.
1: Yeah.
2: Whimsy magic.
0: Yes. Of course, this movie is fueled by the power of whimsy. But this haven't.
1: is a fantasy podcast after all.
0: It yeah. is? You're telling me that those Lords of the Rings didn't actually throw the ring into the Lord of Fire Fire ring? Lord... I
1: I lost track of what was happening partway through that. Um,
0: You're telling me that Vin Diesel
2: isn't an ageless wish hunter? <laughs> You're telling me th- that there isn't a train that will take you to the North Pole oh, on god. Christmas?
1: Oh god.
0: Fuck, it's almost time to rewatch the Polar no, Express. No,
1: fuck that. I almost said fuck you. Um
0: Okay. <laughs> that is the appropriate response to somebody saying it's time to watch the Polar Express. So
2: with all that in mind, Arietti, just yeah.
0: remember, you cannot wait for the hot chocolate to cool even 1 degree.
2: <laughs> That's right. You'll get thrown off the back of the
0: train. <laughs> we got places to send people like you waiting for your hot
2: chocolate to cool. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine the conductor coming over with the boiling hot chocolate and just dumping it on again. Ah! <laughs> a kid.
0: Quick before it cools! Now I need a FromSoft game based on the Polar Express.
2: A train-based FromSoft game? Yes. Sick. <laughs>
0: And then you go to the North Pole and you fight Santa.
2: <laughs>
1: yes! Okay, so... Arietti. Now that I've got the giggles. Now. Um, I've got news for you guys. I've got a little conspiracy theory to share with you. Oh,
0: God. Little. Right. <laughs> Is the tone of our podcast about the change to a very dark one for the rest of time?
1: Mm, have we
0: been radicalized
1: maybe with your help
0: all right Uh, wait
1: so (laughs) i don't know if you guys have ever heard this rumor before but there's actually tiny people living in your house right now
0: you say that like i wouldn't have known that my whole life
1: like they're in the walls Mm -hmm, yep and they fight off the rats for food
0: that is brutal
1: they use clothespins
2: (laughs) but we don't have clothespins well, not after they've been borrowed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, and they also steal other things when we're not looking, like... Borrow. Right, right, right. They borrow other things, like sugar.
0: Mm-hmm. I am and, always missing sugar.
1: <laughs> and uh, those Spider-Man earrings that I know I put with my jewelry, and they just disappeared.
0: So is that like a swing set, or...? Like a uh, like a cudgel maybe? Maybe they're using them as a like a club weapon.
1: Uh, that
2: makes sense. Or like your vital heart medication is suddenly gone.
1: <laughs> I think it's more like a footrest or the know. earring? Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. That makes sense. A, a shield. shield.
1: Oh yes. Very good. Yeah, so you're right, Jamie. They do call it borrowing. That is Take correct. Things. They don't
0: ask, nor do they return. You know, borrowing.
1: So just, you know, pretend like you're asleep one night. And when they come by, just open your eyes really wide and stare at them without saying anything.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. That's how I greet my guests who come over too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apparently that's how Sean greets Arietti as well.
0: I like the implication that like, the author, you know, Mary Norton, had to be like, oh yeah, it's called The Borrowers because of the fucking thieves would sell it <laughs> the, as a kid's book.
1: Yeah. You don't want kids to think stealing is okay. Yeah.
0: The Little Bandits. The
1: Little Bandits. Yeah. But so I just threw out some names. You might be wondering who the fuck those people are.
0: <laughs> That's um, a good point.
1: So there are humans and there are borrowers, which are other magical race of tiny people and it's their vocation
0: <laughs> they're just a divergent evolution of the human line right I that, guess. that somehow ended up being
2: very tiny depending depending uh, their size is dependent on wherever it's, any it's, point in time yeah. just homo
0: microbranensis.
2: yes
1: I I will guess that their size varies between four to six inches in height
0: Yes, it is inconsistent as hell. Maybe. <laughs> yes.
1: So the humans in the movie are Aunt Jessica, who's kind of a crotchety old lady at times, but also t- is taking care of her nephew, Sean, That's whose parents just couldn't be bothered with watching out for him right before he's going into heart surgery.
0: <laughs> he has sad movie heart Sorry, he has sad movie boy heart disease. Yeah. But his mom has such cripplingly depressing memories about living in this house, she can't possibly be with her potentially terminally ill son.
2: His parents are Japanese and cannot stop working, not even for their son who has every childhood disease.
1: And even though he's a child, apparently he... Cannot show emotion about this, even though he's clearly devastated.
0: No, he needs to be hard. Yeah. He is he's Japanese.
1: Japanese. <laughs> he must be stoic <laughs> in the face of adversity.
0: I was just going to say that he had the right <laughs> grind set.
1: But. Yeah, that we
2: just said the same thing. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um,
1: and Aunt Jessica has... Kind of like a housekeeper and a maid (coughs) named Hara. She's kind of a crazy bitch.
0: She is actually homicidal.
1: Yeah. She wants to kill and capture the borrowers.
0: She completely believes that small human intelligence people live in the walls and she wants them
2: fucking dead. Yeah. She wants to capture them. Get famous off of them or kill them if they're inconvenient. Yeah. Just genocide. Just, you know, light genocide. And yeah. then
1: we have the clock family, which are the borrowers. Like we said, they're magical tiny people between four to six inches in height. Maybe. But they don't
0: have like magic. Like they're magically. <laughs> they're whimsical. Yeah. I mean they're, they're powered by the whimsy magic. Exactly. But like, they don't like cast spells or anything.
1: No, no, no. They don't have magical powers. It is just fantastical that they exist at all. Sure. (laughs) Um,
0: Again, this is a divergent human evolutionary line that ended up being four to six inches tall.
1: We've got a mother and father, uh, Homily and Pod, respectively. Homily is a worrywart and a housewife. (laughs) That's
0: basically how I describe her, yeah.
1: And uh, she's constantly having to be calmed down so that her nerves don't get the better of her. She has a
2: walking panic attack. She is a blood pressure 180 over, I don't know, zero. I'm not sure how to measure these things. She's unwell. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is
0: an anime. She has the blood pressure that would be required to do one of those, like, spurting wounds if she got hit by a samurai sword.
2: Yes, it's true.
1: Pod is the adventuring type, so he goes out and borrows things that they need around their little house.
2: That is correct. He enjoys adventure and lying to his wife.
1: <laughs> yes. What a role model. And then their daughter is named Arietti, and she's turning sixteen. That's right. Or is it fourteen?
0: Uh, well, one of those ages. I don't know what it is in Barrio or years. She's beginning to right. turn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like turn sour or to the dark. Oh <laughs> no, no. She's turning from a child to an adult. Okay.
1: And she's going out borrowing with her dad. It's
2: a real coming-of-age story for um
0: little thieves.
1: Turns out Sean saw her earlier foray into the garden, even though she tried to cover herself with a leaf. And so he's seen <laughs> them.
0: <laughs> you know when a leaf just goes running by your field of, your field of vision,
1: yeah, um, and so he sees her all around the house and he's kind of fixated on her and won't leave her alone and it's kind of stalking her. <laughs>
0: this movie has so many good messages, like it's totally okay to stalk people. lie to your parents, you won't get in trouble, steal shit if you just want
1: it enough. He keeps trying to give them gifts that they don't want, and his attention is dangerous for them, and it means that they have to move away to get away from him, um, and the people that are close to him that wish them harm.
0: Well, the person who kind of also wishes Sean harm. Yeah. Yes. Harrah is willing to lock Sean in his room, a boy with a severe medical condition, to hunt down borrowers.
1: Yeah. And the family gets help from a young man named Spiller, who's also a borrower. So, young man in tiny borrower terms. Um, this
0: guy is like some kind of D&D ranger.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives out in the forest. He's kind of a badass. and Got a sweet bow. Yeah, that he made himself. And he's sweet on Arietti, and just tries to, like, pose around her to impress her.
0: You know, somehow that didn't occur to me when we were watching the film. Really? Yeah, I don't yeah. know why.
1: He is obviously trying to get her attention. And so I thought her- he
0: was just like a poser. Like, by which I mean he was a guy who likes to pose.
1: Ah. Well, they get his help to relocate, and they're making ready to do that when Homily, the mom, is caught by Hara. And Ariety has to get over her fear of the danger of befriending a human. I have the same fear. get Sean's help to free her mother. Together, they're able to fool Hara and save Homily and escape the house before the exterminators can come in and murder all of them.
2: Jesus. Kidnap them. Right. They will, be, uh, they will be abducted so Hara can become famous.
1: Okay. That's the plan anyway. But with Sean's help, he's trying to correct the wrong he did. Um, he helps so he them escape. So
0: had institutionalized. Yeah, it's
1: true. People just think she's kind of going crazy.
0: I mean, granted, she's a murderer. Like, she needs to be somehow dealt
1: with. And so they are able to get away, and Spiller uses a tea kettle to take them down a river, which is really just like a small stream. But to them, it's a big river. And uh, they go and move down to another house. And we find out that Sean tried to come back a year later. So he did survive.
0: Wait, somebody survived?
1: He survived his operation, which he thought he wouldn't. Good for Sean. Yeah. And uh, he's sad that he's never going to see them again. But he was happy to learn that a neighbor a few houses down keeps complaining about things missing from around their house.
0: Yeah. Borrowed. <laughs>
1: And that's about it.
0: Well, all right. That was an amazing and very brief summary. Let's head into the Delve. Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of the secret world of Arietti.
2: Ain't this a world. <laughs> <laughs> it's secret. That's what they say in the British version. It probably (laughs) is, yeah.
0: Let's just hypothesize what the British version was like.
2: Oi, governor! We're borrowers, we is! Arietti. is not some sort of secretive world you're in. In the American version, it's like, Arietti. are you going to take that sugar? In the British version, (laughs) it's like, Oh, Arrietty, I don't know if you think you're going to take that sugar from Mama there. show now, do you?
0: Found <laughs> a nick some sugar, eh?
2: Yeah. You'd better put that back where you found that of <laughs> sugar cube or by golly, I'm going to do something about
1: that. I am so overwhelmed by how funny Jack's rendition is. I like short circuited and I can't react. About to go out into
2: the house, did it? <laughs> now,
0: Elliot, I all told you about going out into that house by
2: yourself.
1: <laughs> 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 Pretty oh, much God. just
2: oh, the cast of My Fair Lady doing <laughs> the. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. For that,
2: what if we spoke to that human boys?
0: We can't do that. That would not make much sense.
2: Oh, it's! I'm always so worried about you, in it! Oh, don't you go worried about me. I can't stand
0: to imagine you being taken by them. Humans,
2: won't <laughs> Mom. Oh, more, small. oh right,
0: the great part is that Saoirse Ronan plays uh, Arietti in the British version.
2: <laughs> Someone's gonna crash their car listening to this episode.
0: <laughs> it's Tom Holland, Saoirse Ronan, Mark Strong, and uh, that woman who's in a lot of stuff that you like.
1: Ah. Good. Who's British? (laughs) Okay. I think she's
0: the mom on Heartstopper,
1: right? Oh fuck, yeah, she is. Yeah.
0: Olivia Coleman.
1: Mm. I'll
2: get knocked down, but I'll get up again. (laughs) (laughs) In it.
1: I think this is great. I'll just laugh and react, and you guys can keep recounting the movie in British just accents. British
0: <laughs> screaming into the mic. I know, it's completely unusable because of how loud I was.
1: I think this makes for great radio.
0: So, Cass, you were talking about some interesting tension between Sean and Arietti.
1: Right. Thanks. I I completely forgot about that after all the screeching and, and me insanely giggling. Um,
0: I'm assuming you're not going to keep that in the episode. I might. I thought wow. I thought
2: we would.
1: So Sean is breathtakingly like staring at Arietti, and he just is like. I thought you
2: were going to say breathtakingly ill. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is
0: so sick. Um <laughs> he has he has what's called the perfect storm that is keeping him alive by uh having every disease counteracting the other diseases in his body.
2: It's the hobbit battle of the five <laughs>
0: armies
2: in his immune system.
0: Oh god. This is how Mr. Burns survives in the Simpsons by the way. Yes.
1: So Sean gasps when he sees her and says you're so beautiful.
0: <laughs> Not the appropriate response. And
1: I was So uncomfortable. And then after that, he like puts his finger out to her face and it's as big as her head.
0: I can think of at least three reasons why this relationship will not work. The
1: fingertip is as big as her head. And I was like, is she going to fucking start making out with his fingertip? What's happening
2: here? This movie just takes a weird turn. It did have a sort of tension like that. Huh. Directed
0: by David Lynch. Okay. Yeah.
1: It was a little bit... uh, it was kind of a will-they-won't-they, they, which...
0: <laughs> just- you mean can-they-can't-they? Can't they? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, they can find a way, Jamie.
0: <laughs> Jeezy, Louise.
1: Yeah. Uh, I thought
0: this is a family film.
1: Apparently not. Um, it's not that much of a leap from what was in the film.
2: <laughs> Rated G for gamer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt it, like it was pretty cringe, Um. Inappropriate. I, it's not what I wanted out of a whimsical family movie. No.
0: Oh, what? The dying kid didn't uh, satisfy your need for whimsy? So He uh, didn't die, by the way. Sean ended up being fine. I
2: said it once. I'll say it again. This uh, this plot thread of their romantic and sexual tension <laughs> is a reference to... <laughs> To the critically acclaimed piece by Jerry Seinfeld, The Bee Movie. <laughs> okay, okay. A human woman has right. a relationship with a bee. <laughs> they go on dates. This is somehow worse than Sonic making out with no. that human chick.
1: Oh, God, you guys. I remember we said we were going to cover the B movie because it's we all are about never class struggle. The B,
0: God damn it.
1: And that's what got you last time.
0: God damn
2: it. <laughs> this movie is like a like an appetizer for the B movie.
0: <laughs> are we doing the B movie next week? Oh,
1: no, for our New Year's special.
0: I hate this idea.
2: Jazz.
0: This
1: is happening.
0: You like jazz? I mean, not especially,
2: I guess. Not if it involves the B movie. But let's look at let's look at this, right? This tension.
0: <laughs> I feel like for New Year's we should do cats.
2: So
1: what are you doing? <laughs> you can't do that.
0: I just did.
1: Oh my god, Jamie! You said it. Now it has to happen. You can
0: edit this episode.
1: Jack has been trying to get us to watch Cats. You can so long.
0: edit this episode. You can make this never happen.
1: <laughs> That's I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: It would be a bang for the newbie.
1: <laughs> oh my god going okay. we be cursing the next year? All right,
0: I, I, will, I will make a, a deal. If New Year's is on a Saturday, we do it.
1: It is, dude. New Year's Eve is on a Saturday. This year,
0: New Year's Eve is on a
1: Saturday?
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: uh, maybe we're going to fucking do it. God damn it. <laughs> so the B movie, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. There's, okay, when we look at the tension between Arietti and the kid, Sean, Sean. in this when he first sees her, he says you're beautiful. True. I like what are you supposed to read into that except for like romantic tension? There could be the spectacle of seeing something whimsical and being like, "Wow. It's something magical and that's beautiful."
1: That right? is not how he says. it. That is yeah. not
2: how he says it. I hate
0: to be the bearer of weird news.
2: <laughs> He's like, oh, "Normally I love she- to be the bearer of weird news." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, she is f- the second she shows up on screen. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, Ash versus Evil Dead as a uh, gateway into romantic uh,
2: affections. That's right. He likes po- she, he likes poetry. <laughs>
1: it is so one sided too. It's Eddie, Eddie is
0: terrified of Sean, and rightfully so.
1: It it's almost like they adapted a. Romeo and Juliet B plot except B? <laughs> But it's Romeo and micro Juliet? Yeah, but she doesn't give a fuck about him. Julietty. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> Why Julietty? Oh, because Arietti. Okay, yeah.
1: It's almost like she's just been traumatized <laughs> and is Romeo trying and to Giuliani. please her maybe captor so that he will let them go and not harm them. That's not, like, friendship or affection.
0: (laughs) I mean, let's give Sean the benefit of the doubt. Other than the creeper line, he does seem to genuinely want to, like, help out Ariadne's family.
1: Okay. When he first sees her, on her first borrowing trip with her dad, he's talking to her. He's like, I saw you in the garden. Please don't go. I, I think you're amazing. And she and her dad are just leaving.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that part was pretty
2: incredible, actually. I like that. They don't
1: say shit to him. And She's they like, just, nope. They GTFO.
2: Yep. So Sean has like 90, 95% of all illnesses <laughs> non-demand. <laughs> That's yes. right. Right? And, so and many not known. He has seconds to live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he can't run he'll, at all. <laughs> or even jog lightly. <laughs>
2: He tempts fate by attempting it. He
0: has the energy of
2: a lazy (laughs) slob. He vibrates like a bomb that's trigger is like failing, right?
1: (laughs) Jamie, are you saying that his real disease is just laziness?
0: I don't think I want to steal that bit from Mr. Show, but maybe a different one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: His little boy body is unstable, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like a collapsing star. That's right. And his uh, he does not think his chances are good because they are not. No, this kid has got <laughs> severe depression. And I think that that's fair given his condition. That's right. He explained that his parents aren't going to be showing up to support him. <laughs> When he is about to go into a surgery that is likely to fail.
0: I think his parents are going with him to the surgery, right? They're just not
1: staying with him. They are fucking out of town.
0: But aren't they coming back to take him to the surgery? No. No, because they they are at work.
1: The aunt explains (laughs) that they're not coming to be with him.
0: They're not coming to the house because the mother is, like, too ptsd by living there with the borrowers
1: she also explains that the mom is not going to be coming to the hospital or the surgery the
2: mom liked the borrowers i thought
0: but she's so traumatized by them never showing themselves to her that she can't
2: even be in the house Uh for her sick son But also... This sounds like an excuse to me. Also, we should explain to the listener how the working conditions are in Japan. When your work shift ends, your work shift begins. Because you never leave, and you just work. (laughs) So, both of his parents... What we're
0: saying is that this movie is all about a hidden class struggle that exists just outside of the frame. That's right.
1: Yeah, and I think that Sean is pretty cringe and even his parents can see it. And they don't <laughs> <laughs> even they don't want to be around.
0: What is it that Casey uh, McHugh always says? What if the child is unpleasant or <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> or a bummer? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the meme line? It's mm. pretty good. What if the child is a bummer or generally unpleasant? Yeah, exactly. I think
1: that Sean... I mean, Arietti does, and her family don't even want to have anything to do with them.
2: Not until it comes to a desperation hour. So, anyway, to put this lens on Sean, he doesn't think he has very long to live, and he is functionally alone. So he's got nothing to lose. Yeah, let's put the blame on the terminally ill child, the potentially terminally ill child. I'm saying he's got nothing to lose, and he sees something magical and whimsical right? So he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm gonna look at this. I'm gonna go this is my thing for the last three minutes of my lifespan, right? Yeah. Just remember, Sean makes it through. He does. He survives against all odds because he learned how to be brave from Arietti. True. Yeah. And bravery cured all of humanity's illnesses in one person. I believe that's accurate.
1: I only felt... Secure and safe when they were escaping from Sean because <laughs> <laughs> his relationship to them was so unsettling that I only felt calm and relaxed when they were finally getting away. Even when Arietti went back to say goodbye to him, I was like, No, why are you leaving your family? It's like somebody in a horror movie. That goes out of the safety of their group of friends to go investigate something, and they never come back. What is she doing? But you know what? You know who had her back? Fucking Spiller. Spiller,
0: yeah. I almost call him sitter.
1: <laughs> Spiller, the cool guy who is like—he's basically a Princess Mona in the okay character. Yeah. Yeah. He um like climbed up on top of a post and he had his bow and arrow ready Demers aimed at Sean's on. head. <laughs> yeah. If he did anything to Arietti. Which
0: would have just been like getting hit with like a toothpick, I feel like.
1: It has a pointed tip. Yeah. If he gets him in the eye, it might sting a little bit. <laughs> you think- it
0: might stun him long <laughs> enough for Ariadne to get away. Yeah. I
2: think from the range, if he fired it, like a slight breeze would have just blown it to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I <kinda> feel that
1: <laughs> it's a,
2: even without a breeze, it probably wouldn't reach. It's just a little stick.
1: Yeah.
2: They're only, like, a millimeter tall, these
0: characters. We were discussing during the movie, like, I feel like the borrowers could just jump from practically any height and gravity would not, like, cause them them any damage. They could just
1: float down like a leaf.
0: Yeah, like, (laughs) just the environmental wind would be enough to keep them safe. There's a scene. Or to completely throw them off course.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait, okay. There was a point where... Um, Spiller is leaving after the first time he and Ariety meet, and he's he flies away. And he's he's got like this squirrel suit on. Yeah. And um Jack and I like immediately thought that he would just forever get blown away on the wind. That's and right. never be able to land again.
0: <laughs> he just doesn't have enough body weight to ever come down. And he dies that way. <laughs> you guys were talking about Skeller's, like, skeletal <laughs> remains, like, disarticulating <laughs> in the air.
1: No, he flies on the wind it stays together until it actually hits somebody in the head. And that's when it disarticulates. And some somebody kind of- sees this tiny skeleton and they're like, what the Fuck is this?
2: I think a rat just died in my face.
1: <laughs> yeah, because his his like cloak is like a rat's hide.
2: <laughs> just seeing like weeks later a skeleton gliding through the air. <laughs> So, anyways, Jack had a point about this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, this Sean kid, right?
1: Okay, <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm laughing Don't
2: hurt. All right, it's time to be frank with the listener. This it was a kids' movie, and it's yes. so so surface level with everything. Yes, Sean is looking to make any kind of connection possible and chooses the whimsical little creature who he has a crush on, right?
1: Yes.
0: He makes a decision many Twitter users uh, go for. <laughs>
2: That's right.
1: Desperation it, is not a good look. It is successful
2: this time because Arietti likes him back. And it is... He played a hell of a gambit. Yeah. Does
1: she? I thought she likes Spiller.
2: No. She thinks Spiller is cool, but...
0: Arrietty goes out of her way to enter a dangerous scenario to say goodbye to Sean. I think in the end, at the very least, she has Stockholm Syndrome after he
2: saves her mom. Okay. Well, she... A lot of her dislike for him came from the fear that her parents put on him. Because the one of the main True. themes of this movie that is a more serious one is the extinction of your kind.
0: Yes. Yeah. There is a lot of tension about being the last
1: existential dread
0: yeah existential dread on the part of the borrowers is like we might be the only borrowers left and then for sean because he might be terminally ill
1: and have days left
2: that's right or seconds or years even
0: so shared (laughs) shared trauma can make people bond that wouldn't otherwise have a connection
2: that's right and Arietti feels that he is likely harmless a lot of her fear comes from what her parents have taught her. And... Hmm. Sounds familiar he, to the real world. He himself is harmless, but the people he knows are not. It's yes. true. Hara is harmful. Actively bad for the borrowers. That's right. Sean just wants a relationship with the borrowers, and he helps them escape a couple of times. He feels related to them a lot in their struggles.
1: Yeah. I mean, talking about the borrowers becoming extinct, the mom, Homily, talks about other borrower families that used to live in the house. Yeah. And one of them moved away. Another group was killed by exterminators.
2: Yes. Cheesy Louise. That's right. In the And uh, who knows how many borrower families were lost in the wars.
0: And... Sean's mom knew about the borrowers and had the dollhouse built not for dolls, but for borrowers. Yeah. It was built with functional utilities, plumbing, and stove.
1: Yeah, another furniture. <clears throat>
0: Which means there were little miniature flushing toilets.
1: But Pod, the dad, the borrower dad, he says they can't use anything... From that little tiny house because the human beans.
2: Beans, yes.
1: <clears throat> would know immediately that it was missing.
2: True. That's right. And Spiller is a beacon of hope. Not just because of his immaculate muscles and impressive <laughs> skill, but because he represents other borrowers still being out there. That's right. And he talks about uh, a handful of other borrowers that he is familiar with. He also saves Pod when Pod
0: is injured in the field.
1: Yes.
2: That's right. That's how they meet. So Spiller is the best of us. Yeah. An impressive specimen.
1: He's not helping them. An <laughs> Yes. With the like idea that he would gain anything from it. He's just doing it because they're like him and he wants to help them out.
0: Yeah. Spiller is an altruistic fellow. There's no reason not to help them. And he likes them. Well, yeah, because the borrowers aren't held back by the confines of capitalism, like the human beings are, because they still believe that they are borrowing. Right? Yeah. They're not stealing. They're they are they believe themselves to be an important part of the ecosystem, they, and in a lot of ways, they are.
2: They live in a kleptocracy.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: but it's like an altruistic kleptocracy.
2: Yes. You only take what's necessary. Yeah. That that won't be missed.
1: Yeah. It's
0: funny to me, though, that they're like, oh, there's a line in the movie about how we only steal from the grown-ups. Never steal from the kids because they'll know that something's missing. I'm like, do you know how human beings work? Like, grown-ups would probably notice, like, food missing. Kids lose shit all the time and their parents are just like, well, where do you put it? Yeah. yeah, and it's just gone forever.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Nobody actually goes looking.
0: Yeah. So I feel like either the movie doesn't understand mm-hmm. human children or the borrowers intentionally have no fucking clue what they're
2: talking about.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. <laughs> it's one of those.
2: But listen, these borrowers are small. Very yeah. small. Indeterminately small. The main the main whimsical like, "Oh wow, they're cute little guys." Is how they go about borrowing. I do like that part. Going around the house. They walk on steps they make out of nails driven into wood, mm-hmm. which yep. is very cool. No idea how they got those in there. Um, good old-fashioned borrower ingenuity.
1: Actually, they are uh unusually strong for their size. Right. They're almost like ants. Yes. Uh
2: only a little bigger sometimes.
1: Yeah. And because like same at one point you could see Arietti moving like a whole brick over that's blocking an entryway to their house and then moving it back by herself.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. There are times, mm-hmm. by the way, listeners, where an ant is like larger than her hand. Yes.
1: Yeah. Which shouldn't be. <laughs> and then there
2: are other times where like her mom is almost the size of a mason jar, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm having like major flashbacks to Katamari Damashe. <laughs>
2: yes, where you're a little guy.
0: Yeah, I'm just imagining rolling up through the world of Arieti. Like rolling up borrowers, and then you just get to the point where you're rolling up beans. And then God. By which I mean humans. <laughs> yeah, yes. and, and then, then eventually you roll up
2: God. And then <laughs> yeah. human
1: being houses in cities.
2: Yeah. Yes. Return it all to the one great. Katamari Damacy is the frenzied
1: flame.
0: <laughs> oh, we're mixing up our video game lore hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> so where does this take place in Kingdom Hearts? Because yes! as a Studio Ghibli movie. You're right.
1: You oh are correct. shit. <clears throat>
0: That's right. So that means that there is a potential Kingdom Hearts sequel where Sora can jump between the size of A bean, a human bean, and a borrower, much like he does in the Alice in Wonderland
2: level. And he can meet Ant-Man, since he's a Disney property. (laughs) Oh,
0: and then Ant-Man's, like, running through Ariety's house, like, quipping some uh,
2: mad quippy lines. Yes, Ariety could throw (sighs) Ant-Man, unless they're the same size, depending on the scene.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if she gets her own suit, maybe she could become human sized.
2: Then her love with Sean
0: can bloom. Incredible.
1: Oh, God, I think he might prefer to be borrower sized though. Possibly.
0: Oh, I could
2: see that.
1: Mm-hmm. He would.
0: He would. Yeah, he's the type for sure. He would. Chad movie life boy. Of Whimsy. Yeah.
2: yeah. I. <laughs> what about your parents? I haven't seen them in fifteen years. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, this could be like, remember how Hook is like the aftermath of the Peter Pan world? Yeah, We could do the aftermath of Arietti. where Sean is like, I know that these people existed. I'm telling you, the borrowers are real. And people are like, yeah, right. So I've got a rewriting history, guys.
1: Yep.
2: Great. Let's talk about lying to your wife.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like Pod does to Homily.
2: That's right. When Pod and Arietti go on Arietti's first borrowing.
1: Yes. They uh
2: <laughs> they get spotted by Sean and lose the sugar cube they went out to borrow. And this
0: is when Pod realizes that his daughter has been lying to him all day about
2: not being seen. That's right. And Pod says Let's lie to your mom. She gets so worried about everything like she always does. Not me. I'm cool, Dad. That's mm-hmm. right. So let's lie to your mom and say that it didn't that we didn't do anything. Right. Let's just right. gaslight the hell out of your mom. And so the mom is like, hey, how'd it go? And they're like, oh the the dang rope broke or whatever.
1: The light wouldn't light. Yeah, no sugar. Light. What are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, and she's like, oh god, the light broke, and then has a panic attack. No, she doesn't, but she might as well have, because every other scene she is having a panic attack.
1: The next day, Arietti outs her dad for the lie he was saying and like talks about how she was seen, and that's why she dropped the sugar. And the mom, Homily, never confronts her husband, Pod, about the lie.
2: You know what this is sounding so much like? The Witch. The Vavitch. What?
1: Oh, really? Oh. Oh,
2: fuck. Tell nothing to your mother about this silver cup. I sold her silver cup and don't say anything. Now we have to go hunting in the woods, but keep that a secret, too. Are you telling
0: me that Robert Eggers based the script for his award-winning horror film, The Vavitch, Off of the borrowers.
2: Basically, if you put the Vavitch in one circle and the B-movie in another circle and you had a Venn diagram overlap, you'd get this movie. (laughs) Fuck.
1: But you know what we like borrowing? Our patrons.
0: (laughs) The patronage
1: from our patrons.
0: Guys, you know what's great to borrow? Money from friends. And when we say borrow, we mean take without giving back. But what we do give back is entertainment.
1: It's true. Hours and hours. So many hours of entertainment.
2: Literal hours of entertainment. That's right. Sneak onto our Patreon by giving a couple bucks a month undetected. And you can borrow some extra art that we put out.
0: But we'll know that you sent those uh, borrowed dollars to us.
2: You'll get uh, some features such as tiny movie (laughs) polls. Actually, you'll get quite large
0: bonus episodes where we do rewriting history Taking a look at a movie that we watched previously and coming up with a reboot, a sequel, a spinoff, a crossover, a erotic thriller based on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> That's right. And like I said, we do movie polls, so you can even help us choose what we're going to watch at certain points every single month. That's right. And there's sporadic art that we post as well. <laughs> Like fun, wacky movie posters or duck drawings. Uh, But they only migrate in every once in a while. That's true.
0: So if you want to join our borrowing community, you can head to patreon.com slash swords and satire. Take a look at our membership tiers. Pick one that fits your budget. And then borrow us a few bucks every month.
1: (laughs) You will be borrowing it. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's right. We're borrowing it. You will never see it again. But again, you will get great stuff for your borrowing patronage.
1: And we can now start talking about the Borrowers movie again.
2: All right, let's get back to it. Let's talk about the crazy person, Hara. Okay. All right. Hara sees living dollar signs in the Borrowers. Isn't this a little bit of a King Kong
0: in reverse scenario? Instead of seeing, like, a giant ape that she (laughs) wants to profit off of, she sees tiny little human, and she's like, boom,
2: cash (laughs) money. They even say it's like the eighth wonder of the world. Do they? Yes. Oh, fuck.
1: And she also says, oh, now people will finally believe me.
0: Oh, that actually makes me feel bad for Hara. Not bad enough to justify what she's trying to do.
1: No.
2: She insanely... She sees a crowbar outside the closet. She's like, "Uh huh, what's going on there?" Picks up the crowbar, opens the closet. A bunch of junk falls out that's stacked on top of each other. She sees a trapdoor underneath it, and she's like, "Clearly, whoever left this crowbar here used it to get under this massive <laughs> pile of junk and open that trapdoor." Is she wrong? No. But it's (laughs) fucking crazy that she was right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And that she made that leap.
2: Exactly. She's a mad, she's an insane person. And she opens the (laughs) trap door and finds the little house. It's just like, oh yeah, seeing the mom.
0: And then she's like just casting blame. She's like, you
2: stole the dollhouse kitchen. Yeah, that's right. Which Sean gave to them. That's right. And so Hara picks up the mom and, Puts her in her pocket and is just like laughing to herself, like, oh yeah, about time. Hara's going to get hers. Exactly. The
1: homily is terrified. Homily is screaming. Well,
0: homily. Been
2: kidnapped.
0: <laughs> homily. Let me see if I can help the listeners understand the scene. Homily is as scared as you might be if a 50 foot tall human <laughs> tore the roof off of your house, picked you up out of it, and shoved you in their pocket. <laughs>
1: You basically think you're going to your death. She's
2: mm-hmm. also looking at you with this, like, incredibly cruel, manic smile. Yeah. Fucking devoid of empathy for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's awful. And so
2: then Hara uh, puts Homily in a jar and puts some saran wrap over it with, like, pokes a single little hole in there.
0: I think she pokes a few holes.
2: It's basically like an isolation. Like chamber, like when you put a prisoner in sensory deprivation, yeah. or whatever, solitary confinement. It's true. Puts Homily in a spice cabinet or whatever, like a dry goods cupboard. Yeah. At like in, the back in, of a shelf in yep. a
1: pantry or in something. a
2: pantry. And Homily is just in there with no stimulation, in the darkness, screaming. <laughs>
1: I know, for her family to come save her.
2: And Hara calls the exterminators to capture the rest of them so she can become famous or whatever. Yeah. And locks Sean, like we said, in his room, despite Sean, you know, defying death every passing moment.
0: Yeah, and that's an OSHA hazard to lock somebody into a room that they can't get out of.
1: She has no authority to lock him in either.
2: No. No,
0: I mean, nobody does.
1: Well, no. But she extra doesn't.
0: <laughs> she extra doesn't. That's she's, true.
1: She could get way fired if he said anything to his aunt.
0: <laughs> I guess at this point she's thinking that uh it's not gonna matter because she's gonna be rolling.
1: I guess so. But it's- um when she finds out that Homily has is gone and has been little does she know she's been rescued, um she's just goes running up to the exterminators and is like wailing and like there was a little woman, but she's gone. I swear there's little people living in the house and the exterminators. And she's right. Yeah, she is. But the exterminators are like, whoa, lady, hold up. They look so freaked out. And so the borrowers
2: do have to escape. Not Sean, but Hara. True. Yeah. Because Hara is a maniac. It and is dangerous. It is for their own safety that they leave this place and never come back. Yeah, it's yeah. not just paranoia. Their lives were threatened actively. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's hard to believe that she would actually lock Sean up and then, like, suddenly act all indignant and put out by him being there and needing help when before she seemed like she wanted to help him. I don't know.
2: Yes, she lost her mind. (laughs) She saw a little person and her mind broke.
1: I think so.
0: (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing. Hara is, of course, from the working class. Yeah. Sean's family, clearly more upper class, able to support, you know, having this large house. I mean, it's a big house that basically just Aunt Jessica lives in alone in this giant mansion
1: getting their hearts replaced whenever they need it
0: (laughs) sure i was gonna say like she can afford to live in this giant (laughs) mansion whenever they need it (laughs) willy-nilly just organs (laughs) getting replaced
2: left and right
0: suddenly this is a cronenberg film Uh
2: (laughs) make me a klingon with just redundancies of every organ that's right She lives alone
0: with just Hara in this giant mansion and she can afford to pay somebody to just be her personal servant.
1: Yeah. Hara, I mean,
0: this kind of is a uh, little bit of a parasite scenario, right?
1: Yeah. Hara
0: sees, like, her one opportunity to get out from under the yoke of Aunt Jessica to have a little bit of financial autonomy. When that's taken from her, she's understandably upset. Not that her... Choice was morally good, but neither were the family from Parasite.
1: No. The point is,
2: people who
0: are financially destitute are driven to desperation.
2: Just saying, the borrowers make a practice of taking excess from those who have so much they won't even notice their own resources missing. Real Robin Hoods. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Maybe learn something from the, the borrower's heart. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that uh, the borrowers are
0: the most laudable people in this story. Yes. We understand their perspective. We understand that they are egalitarian, that they have a strong familial bond. They love each other. They care deeply about each other. Okay, granted, they do lie to Homily about (laughs) pretty much everything. Yeah. She's a high-anxiety, high-stress person. So, to some extent, I understand why pod suggests not telling her
1: but she's crazy in the sack
0: (laughs) that's right yes that is the subtext of the film yep that pod and homily are just fuck
1: machines
2: (laughs) i mean look at him yeah gonna have to go out there and remind listeners that the onward episode (laughs) was incredibly sexually explicit and that was on Disney. They did that to us. Yeah. <laughs> and gonna have to say the same thing about Secret World of Arietti; They knew what they were doing. It's yeah. It's true. I
0: think they did, maybe. But, again, Hara is in a very desperate scenario as somebody who is of the lower
2: classes.
0: She is driven to this terrible state by the unfair economic systems in her life.
2: That's right. And uh, for a lot of years, she was seeing evidence of something that she could could never convince people of.
1: Yeah. And I think that maybe she's experiencing her own version of sensory deprivation because she was kind of a shut-in taking care of her elderly employer. Yeah. And so she didn't have a lot of social interaction beyond like maybe seeing neighbors sometimes
2: it's not exactly like being gaslit but it's sort of like that
1: yeah it was a little bit yeah i mean to
0: some extent they uh convince her that what is true in reality that there are little people who lived in her walls taking things from the house do not exist Despite the fact that they do quite literally exist.
1: Yeah. I have a newfound sympathy for her after listening to you guys. I think maybe we judged her too harshly at first.
0: But she does fall too far because yeah. she wants to exploit the borrowers who are completely innocent in all of this.
1: And they Mostly are... Mostly completely
0: innocent. In yeah. Yeah
1: much more vulnerable position than she herself is and she's taking advantage of that exactly so on
0: that note i think it's probably time to head into the smithy and give this thing a rating Welcome to the Smithy, where each forge a rating for this movie after we share an epic moment or feature from the movie. Jack, do you want to go first and give us your epic moment or feature and then tell us your rating from 1 to 10 pin swords?
2: Yeah, okay. (laughs) Go right ahead there. I think I will. Why don't you do that? Uh, Yeah, it's just a... The movie is, like, pretty quaint. Yep. It's, like, whimsical. It's quaint. Real slice of life. It's pleasant. It's kind of slice of life.
1: Yeah, in a way.
2: But it's also a little not... (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. And it's just, like, I don't know if I would call almost anything in this movie epic.
1: (laughs) Damn. Harsh.
2: Like, well, it's just not an e- this isn't an epic movie I agree to disagree if, if I well, yeah, sure, <laughs> if I was gonna call something epic, it's probably gotta be the scene in the field where Sean and Arietti first like have a real conversation where he's allowed to look at her, oh yeah, and oh
0: God, that sounds so dirty,
2: I know it's
1: she's filthy. <laughs>
2: and he they're basically getting on a moral disagreement where they're sharing each other's philosophies and his is pretty bleak because yeah. he's dying and it's upsetting her <laughs> he she thinks he's dying <laughs> she yeah. is becoming frustrated with the conversation because she's feeling like she really doesn't like the morals he's putting forward and when he explains like oh the person who's dying is myself and that's why like, I'm this way and things like that. Just, it helps them relate a lot more. Ariadne's vibe-checking him. Yeah. yeah. She's like, why are you such a bummer and generally uncomfortable?
1: It's
2: <laughs> like, I'm gonna die. And so she is a lot nicer to him after that. And that's when they kind of bond. And uh, I think it also just helps them kind of let down some of her walls. She sees that he's harmless. <laughs> His body is so
0: racked with disease, he couldn't even <laughs> harm... Something the size of a flame <laughs> from
2: the moment I understood the weakness of my flesh, it disgusted me, <laughs> so I guess the like the intimacy that they get is kind of epic, uh just that they inspire each other through their struggles. The movie is is fine <laughs> the I've seen it once before and forgot the entire thing same and uh, it's, it's okay. I'm sure a young child will find this a pretty good time. The art is beautiful. Yes. And there's nothing really wrong with it. <laughs> uh, except except for horror. Except for horror. And the way they intentionally designed the movie to make you think incredibly sexual
1: thoughts.
2: <laughs> but, uh... Overall, I'd probably give this movie a 4 out of 10 needles. Oh okay. shit. It's forgettable. Yeah. And it, it's kind of it's kind of neat while you're watching it, but it's also greatly enhanced by goofing off and making jokes about it while watching it. Yeah. You're not wrong. If you just had to sit quietly and watch it, <laughs> We did that. Anyway, I don't think I have to see it again, and I don't think I have to share it with anyone in my life. I don't have to see it again. It's one of the lowest possible jack ratings. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a four out of ten. it's inoffensive, but also... it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's inoffensive, and yet somehow greatly offensive. No, maybe it is offensive. I don't... (laughs) I'd I just like, uh, I'd like to be past <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> you want to forget it.
2: Jack it's, wants
0: to move on.
2: This movie is sort of like waiting in the lobby at the dentist office. Oh my
1: God. So it wouldn't have improved that experience either.
2: No, it would have just blended into the background.
0: <laughs> All right, that's fair. How about you, Cass? What's your epic moment or feature, and then you're rating from one to ten pin swords. Pin swords, okay. Not pin swords. Sensors.
1: I think my epic moment is when Arietti is <laughs> outside of Sean's window during the daytime and is hiding behind some ivy leaves, so he only sees her shadow. And they're talking to each other and she's telling him they have to leave. He has to leave them alone. And he's arguing that he doesn't want to actually. And <laughs> no, I don't
2: think I will. Um,
1: fucking
0: patriarchy, am I right?
1: Fucking randomly in the middle of their conversation, a crow dive bombs yes. his window. I thought
0: somebody might pick this one.
1: Gets stuck in the um the screen and is just like freaking out and clawing at him and like feathers are flying everywhere he's trying to push it back out it's almost knocking Arietti off of the roof like
0: this crow can resist the push from a human
1: and it doesn't really go anywhere and i'm just like why is this happening
2: tension It wanted to DJ graphic cannibalize Arrietty.
1: Okay, maybe that's why it dive-bombed the window and almost killed itself.
2: Yeah, it fucking tried to die in order to achieve (laughs) that end.
1: I think Hara gets rid of it by whacking it in the face a few times and then it kind of flies away. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) What the fuck just happened? um so that's my epic moment that's Hell yeah and i don't know what to say about it so <laughs> no, i'll, I'll, no, let, I'll, I'll let it stand as it oh god it's that devastating <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah Shit. i think the art is beautiful like I would like to live in that house and have that amazing garden with all the flowers and the stream running through it and the gazebo and, and everything. the little
0: people stealing your stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. Borrowing. Maybe I can fuck with them, you know? A <laughs> little bit of mischief.
2: The way Sean tries to.
1: No, no, no. Um, just, like, leave out some plastic fruit and stuff. <laughs> Damn, Kev! <Kat. laughs>
2: <Je-baited. laughs>
0: And when they try to get it, and they're like, "What is this?" You're just like, "Ha, ah,
2: fucking idiots! You're so fucking stupid and small, you little fucks!" Just laughing at them as they run for their lives.
1: But I, I do.
2: But I always I, let them get away.
1: I do enjoy the whimsy of the movie. It reminds me of when I was a kid, and there would be these little gardens at like malls, or like if people had like little vignettes in their garden. I would like kind of go under there and imagine little like towns and stuff down there. And so it it kind of it, it gets me in the nostalgic feels. Nice. Oh, that works. Um but even then I think I can only give it a 5 out of 10 pin swords. Uh because even though like the lore is interesting and it pulls me in, it doesn't feel like there's enough story happening. And they needed to cut other scenes so that we could see the family getting settled and seeing other borrowers and like more about the community around being a borrower. That was the interesting part of the movie. And then they could explore those themes of like their culture and stuff.
2: The wars.
1: Yeah. Um, It would be a different movie, but we were saying when we were watching this, that it felt like, a pilot episode for a show and that they were going to go somewhere else with the story. Yeah, it
2: felt incomplete. It yeah. ends kind of abruptly, too.
1: Yeah, it does. With just some narrative. Some like narration. Some
2: voiceover. A, like a music yeah. video.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or oh, a
0: terrible fucking song.
1: I know. It's awful. It It's, it's offensive to your ears. Um, so and yeah. the rest of
0: the music's great.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I think I can only give it a 5 out of 10. That's fair. What about you, Jamie? What's your epic moment or feature and your rating from 1 to 10 pin sores? Good luck.
0: Pin sores? Swords. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, Jamie. I'm gonna. My <laughs> epic feature is just kind of the, like, world building of this fun little tiny house inside of a regular size house. Actually, the house that it's inside of is quite large. <laughs> I have always liked miniatures. Yeah. Right? I'm a big D&D guy. I like things that are supposed to be normal size but are made so small.
1: Yeah, that is cool.
0: So, like, D&D minis, I've always liked, uh, you know, action figures. and
1: Dollhouses.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't get a chance to play with many of those when I was a kid, but, you uh... You
1: probably would have liked it. I probably would
0: have. Yeah, I mean, my cousins and I sometimes would. Um... I just like things that are at a different scale. Yeah. It's fun. I used to build models.
1: And it's cool, like, all the little household things the borrowers have around their little makeshift home.
0: Yeah, it's super great. Like, And I love the moment when Arietti finds the pin, and she's like, oh, cool, it's a sword. And she just sheaths it through her dress. Yeah. Because it's a, like a sewing pin or whatever. I'm like,
2: that's great. I love that. And do we ever get to see her fight with that sword? That's such a plot
0: point. Um. Yes, she fights a cellophane cap that is holding her mother in. Badass. So it's Chekhov's pin sword. Yes.
1: Doesn't she also use it to fight off a cockroach? No, that's before she finds it.
0: I think so. She yeah.
2: just pushes him.
0: <laughs> I mean, yes. Seeing her go in the battle. And uh, perforating some other borrowers who are trying to like encroach on their territory, Mad Max style. That could have been an interesting movie. Mm.
1: It would when... be very different.
2: <laughs> <laughs> totally very different. When I saw the poster. Just stabbing horror in the eye. Oh my god. <laughs> when I saw the poster for Raya and the Last Dragon with my friends, I pointed at it. And I just saw her holding a sword. I'm like, what are the odds she ever uses that sword on a person in the movie? it was zero percent and it is the same in this i'm just
0: thinking of ninja turtles destroying foot clan uh robots
2: yeah it's gotta be robots yeah
0: so while we were watching the movie i maybe i'm just obsessed i don't know but i was thinking i'd really like to have a from soft game where you are like, in a miniature world. Because in a lot of From games, you're already fighting, like, giants and stuff. Yeah. So it kind of works. And then they're, like, going through the world, like, picking up bits of lore from the objects. It's a very cool, like, created world inside of the borrower's home. Because they have, like, posted stamps on their walls for pictures. They have, like, a, a photograph That uh, Homily has of, like, a beach or a sea or something. And it's, like, her favorite picture. And it's their window. Yeah. Like, so she has a seaside view, which I think is adorable. They just, like, reconstitute interesting little things like thimbles and bottle caps and stuff to decorate their house. I just love that. I love the creativity of that. I think it's really neat and cute. And it's a fun time. As far as the rating goes... I thought I was going to go higher, and I feel like you guys have talked me down to a lower <laughs> rating, which is fair. It's a fairly forgettable movie. I could definitely say, like, unlike a lot of Ghibli films, like I could never see this movie again, and I'd be fine.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: It's too bad to say that, but it just doesn't have a lot going on for it. Like we said, like Cass mentioned that we said while we were watching the movie, it kind of feels like the first episode of a bigger story that never gets told. And it left me wanting it to have gone in a different direction. I feel like the stuff with horror, just like, it's just very obligatory. Like, oh, well we have to have them get discovered by a human. And then a human has to like, want to fuck with them like it's just kind of paint by numbers and so many ghibli films don't do that no
1: yeah i feel like the more unexpected play would be that the humans never realize they're there and there's actually some other conflict that happens
0: yeah something like that i mean
1: like they have to defend their home from other borrowers that want to take it or like an infestation of ants or something crazy. I don't yeah. know.
2: The dad is a veteran of the Borrower Wars, and as conflict arises between the beans, the borrowers help resolve it without getting noticed because they don't want the cycle of violence to continue. There you See go. that, and that's
0: a very ghibli plot. Yeah. So I think that like the worst thing this movie does is just kind of be super mediocre. Yeah. Coming from a studio that is known for, like, extraordinary films. Yeah. Yeah. So, all that being said.
1: A Princess Mononoke, it ain't.
0: No. Spirited Away, not even close.
1: We haven't even talked about that one. Porco
2: Rosso, not even. Howl's Moving Castle, can you move to stand in front of this one?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what if it's the borrowers, but they live inside Howl's Moving Castle? That could be neat. And uh. Now, there's a movie for you. So all that being said, <laughs> I think I'm going to give this movie five out of ten. Okay. Are- I'm giving it an ex- I My heart actually said four. You're borrowing from me. Uh-huh. I was going to say a four, but I <laughs> like the lore and the world building enough to bump it up another point. Because, That's again, fair. I like miniature things.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was something really enchanting about that part of it. That's yes, right. It just
0: doesn't go anywhere.
2: After you two giving it five out of ten, I feel pretty secure in my four out of
1: ten. <laughs> That's fair. I think I'll keep
2: it there. Okay. Good choice.
1: Yeah.
0: Guys, is this the episode that finally broke us?
1: Maybe. I Why? feel
0: just completely
1: raw. Laid bare.
0: <laughs> I for mean, the
1: satire gods.
0: No, yeah, I mean, yeah, like maybe like my, my brain has been flayed. Yeah. Like, I just feel super out of it, and like, it is hard for me to process anything.
1: We're just leaving ourselves bare and open for the uh, poll that the patrons are going to vote on, and we're going to watch next week.
0: Yeah, so what's on that poll that the patrons are voting on?
1: We've got the big fucking giant, <laughs> BFG. I think it's
0: the big friendly guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Water Horse Legend of the Deep, which I don't really know anything about. Sounds wet. I saw it. Oh yeah? Yeah.
2: If you want to know my thoughts on it, you'd better vote for it.
1: <laughs> uh there's also Pan, which is of course about Pan Pizza.
0: <laughs> Peter Pan Pizza.
1: <laughs> yeah. Peter Pizza. And the Secret of Nim.
0: Another secret? We're going to get in trouble if that one wins. We're going to have two Seekers in a row.
1: That's a childhood favorite of mine, and it's actually in the lead, so we'll see. I
2: was about to be like, yeah, but what are the chances of that happening while looking at it have 100% of the votes right in front of me? Yeah. I'll do it.
1: It's probably going to win.
0: Well, I'm excited to talk about one of these movies that I've either never seen or have not seen in actual decades. Yeah. I'll let the listener piece out which ones are which.
1: But you know what else I look forward to is seeing your memes every week, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good.
0: Thanks. I appreciate that.
1: I always go in and look at them.
0: Yeah. Somebody needs to. But That's right.
1: If other people wanted to go in, where would they go?
0: They would go to social media. They would... uh, Perfect.
1: No notes. Like
0: Venmo? (laughs) Yo, yeah, you can absolutely go to Venmo. You send me some cash, I'll send you a meme.
1: Oh, shit. (laughs) How did we we overlook this before?
0: (laughs) So, if you want to follow us on social media, you can go to at and Satire on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for probably the next, like, five days. Yeah. Or less. As it crumbles around us. Oh... And, you know, it's a great way to keep up with the show and see what we're up to.
1: But, you know, the nature of,
0: uh... <laughs> Mankind is fleeting.
1: <laughs> the zomborific nature of capitalism. There's gonna be... We're gonna chew up Twitter, spit it out, and then something new is gonna rise up to take its place. <laughs>
0: It's going to be MySpace again. MySpace is coming back.
1: (laughs) MySpace also.
0: (laughs) MySpace, your space, everyone's space.
1: Oh, shit.
2: (laughs) I'm still caught up on you saying men are fleeting. And then just thinking, men are props in the stage of life. And no matter how tender, how exquisite,
0: a lie shall remain a lie.
1: But you know what isn't a lie? Our love for each other. True.
2: That's right. And that brings us to another great <laughs> way to support the show. We, if you
1: love us and want to show that love.
2: That's right. You can show us to everyone else you love. Expose us. That's right. Go expose us and expose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Because a great way to help our show is to spread the word and to enjoy some of your favorite media with some of your favorite people you can watch what we watch and listen to the episodes together
1: you'll be exposed raw
2: that's right (laughs) that's how I feel
0: (laughs) well just in case we make it to next time hail Hail crumb! crumb Fuck.